Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, week two is about done. We got Sunday night, which you will already know the outcome of before you hear the end of this podcast. And Monday Night Football, but Sunday is just about in the books. Welcome to the show. It's Fantasy Football today. It was an amazing day. We had two teams go for a two-point conversion to win the game, and neither team won the game. It was awesome. Heath, how could you not be fired up to talk about Fantasy Football after a Sunday like this one? You do have to wonder. Like We've been saying for years you should do that on the road. You should do that when you don't feel comfortable about your team's chances of winning. Two teams do it in week two and both lose. Does anybody do it again next week? <laughs> well, but one of them at least converted the two-point conversion. I think, JB, I think you go for it again. I think you go for it almost every time in that situation. You go for two. I mean, the, the situations were so weird because it was two teams in games that were so low scoring where you're afraid, you know, usually you do that, you're afraid the team, other team's going to go down and, you know, have a big offensive series or, or situation to play. I mean, these, these two teams, the you know, the Texans weren't moving the ball against the Jaguars really very much at all. And the same thing with the Bears against the Broncos. It was weird situations. And, and look, the Broncos got robbed. They should have won that game. Oh, I didn't really get to see a replay. Did time expire? Yes. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. All right. Well, anyway, I thought it was a terrific week of football and pretty good for fantasy, except those damn injuries. There weren't that many injuries, but they were big ones at quarterback. So the big news, Drew Brees left with a thumb injury, and Teddy Bridgewater didn't play so well at the Rams. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger left with an elbow injury, and Mason Rudolph replaced him. So we're obviously going to talk a lot about that. But give me, Jamie, you know, we do winners and losers on every Sunday night show, and your two losers are all of the Steelers and all of the Saints. So what's your reaction right now to these two quarterback injuries? And again, it's 8.15 p.m. Eastern right now. So if you're hearing this on Monday or late on Sunday night and there's been an update on these two, we don't have it. Well, I mean, the Steelers have two injuries that we got to keep an eye on, you know, with James Conner and what's going on with his knee situation as well. So it's, you know, two for the Steelers that are certainly impactful. I mean, look, uh, you're starting Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe you're starting Vance McDonald. That's the extent of it for the Steelers. Mason Rudolph, if Mason Rudolph is the quarterback, um, you know, Juju goes from a m- number one clear cut number one receiver to um, probably closer to, you know, top 15. Again, you're still going to start him. And then the same thing for the Saints. You know, it's you're starting Alvin Kamara and you're starting Michael Thomas. But that's that's it. You know, it, it's it's downgrades for both those guys. You know, like you said, it wasn't a good situation for Teddy Bridgewater and how he played. And we'll find out if Sean Payton after he looks at the tape, does he decide to go maybe with Taysom Hill? Uh, maybe he decides not to sign that five-year contract extension that he was given on Sunday. If he doesn't have Drew Brees, this is what life is going to be like once Brees is retired. Uh, it, it was ugly. It was ugly all the way around for both those teams. So, yeah, you say top 15 for Juju. I always get really scared that we're going to have a situation where the guy's just not startable. Smith-Schuster did end up with a solid game, five catches for 84 yards, and he only had 27 yards with Roethlisberger. So, basically, it was Rudolph for all of the second half. And a lot of his, you know, I would say about half of it went to uh, Juju. Probably not that much, but not that far from it. But I look at T.Y. Hilton last year, and I'm just doing this off, off memory, Heath. I think when Antonio Brown, uh, yeah, two years ago, sorry. When Antonio Brown played without Ben Roethlisberger, I think Antonio Brown was pretty bad, as I recall. I haven't looked that up, and of course I will for Tuesday's show. Um, but, you know, are, are you concerned that we'll get to a situation as long as Mason Rudolph is starting for the Steelers, that Juju Smith-Schuster is really not someone we want to use. Yeah, I think the stat was before today, Antonio Brown had not caught a touchdown pass from anyone other than Ben Roethlisberger. I'm a little bit concerned about that, but I mostly agree with Jamie. 15 might be a little bit too high for me, but I think both Juju and Michael Thomas, you have to look at as guys you're going to start as number two wide receivers, unless you just have two other receivers that are phenomenal in a given week. It is possible now that you might bench either of these two guys, but it will be rare. It won't be, for the most part, we're telling you to start them. And again, okay. we, like you said, Adam, we don't know the extent of these injuries. It could be, you know, that Roethlisberger just, it was non-contact, but, you know, just felt something in his elbow and, and some rest. You know, you guys obviously deal with a lot more fantasy baseball than I do, but this felt like uh uh oh, he's going to see Dr. James Andrews, you know, situation when, you know, he just comes out shaking his elbow like that. You know, usually you'd see a pitcher on the mound do that, and then everybody rushes out there and you don't see him for a few weeks, uh, if not the rest of the season. So I hope it's not something like that. 
And then Breeze, you know, um, both those guys are so tough, those quarterbacks. You know, they usually fight their way through injuries, especially Roethlisberger. To see them not come back in the game, especially it was early in the game for both injuries, that uh, it, it, it's a little nerve-wracking. I love doing a show on Sunday night, getting it out on Sunday night, letting you all have it for your Monday morning commute or if you want to hear it on Sunday. But this is one of the drawbacks is we don't have a, enough injury information. So I'm not going to talk about these situations anymore. We'll wait until Tuesday. Actually, we have Dr. David Chow coming on the podcast tomorrow for the special Monday edition, uh, the Monday early evening edition. But producer Ben Schrager telling me Breeze is seeing a hand specialist. They are concerned that it is significant. Let's leave it alone. Let's see what happens and regroup on Monday. Meanwhile, James Connors got the knee. David Johnson left with a wrist injury, but he came back. He says he's fine. Um, Devin Singletary limped off the field in the fourth quarter, and Damian Williams had a late injury, apparently. Do we know anything more about Singletary or, or Damian Williams, Jamie? Uh, no, I, I just saw read about the, the Williams injury before we went on the air, so... Um... Who knows? You know, it, it's hard to, you know, get an indication when the game is near the end. And especially in the Chiefs case, it was so out of whack, the score. So you don't know if he could have gutted it out. But, you know, this is why they bring in LaShawn McCoy. It's why they have, you know, Daryl Williams. They have options that they could turn to. You know, Damian Williams still their lead running back in terms of total plays. But um, this could be the opening that LaShawn McCoy needs to steal this job. And, and it's not like Damian Williams played great against the Raiders. And Darwin Thompson, of course, there as well. Uh, Traquan oh, Smith yeah. getting I forget Darwin Thompson. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Traquan Smith getting X-rays on his ankle. Joe Staley, San Francisco's left tackle, broke his leg. Sam Darnold could apparently be out three or more weeks. Uh, Heath just like viciously lied to our listeners on the radio show last night. He said he had mono and it lasted only two weeks. That's not possible. I'm gonna actually what? ask no, Doctor. No. It, it, <laughs> Stop. It's a lie. You just lied. Like I saw in the notes that you put that I lied about mono. I Google mononucleosis recovery. The average person has mono for two weeks. For some people, it can take three to four weeks to overcome certain symptoms. Like three I'm not lying at all. I had mono. I'm not saying that I could have played a football game after two weeks, but I was allowed to go back to high school after two weeks. Okay. Okay. Well, a lot of people miss like a lot more than three to four weeks. Let's uh, let's answer answer two big questions right now, and then we'll take an early look at the waiver wire, and we'll do some winners and losers. First big question: Should we still sell high on Lamar Jackson? Another great game, and over a hundred rushing yards in this game after he barely ran against the Dolphins. He lights up Arizona. Heath, really sell? Because remember, I framed it like: Is he this year's Patrick Mahomes? In that we said, yeah, so hi, I'm a Holmes. He can't be this good. He can't be this good. And he was best quarterback we've seen since 2013. Are you getting, are you starting to think Lamar Jackson could be special? Let's not, let's not trade him. Listen, the, one of the reasons I hesitated on selling high on Lamar Jackson last week is because he had the Arizona Cardinals this week and the Kansas City Chiefs next week. So I'm not particularly surprised by his stat line. This is pretty close to what we anticipated. He was phenomenal. He looks better as a passer. That pass he made in the fourth quarter to Marquise Brown to essentially seal the game was phenomenal. It was a throw that he just simply did not make as a rookie. That being said, I'm pretty much team always sell high on quarterbacks. If you drafted him as your second quarterback, if you have someone else that we consider a top 12, top 15 quarterback, and you can sell Lamar Jackson for a starter at running back or wide receiver, I'm still doing it. Adam, look at the scenario that we're dealing with from today. Again, we don't know the extent of the injuries to Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, but based on average draft position, those guys were drafted as starters. So you have two owners potentially in your league looking for a quarterback. Then you take it a step further. You have Cam Newton and Jameis Winston and the struggles that those guys are dealing with. So if you're in a situation where, like you said, you have a top 12 guy or you have somebody like, you know, Dak Prescott who wasn't drafted as a top 12 guy, but is clearly playing at a superstar level. I have that scenario in one of my leagues. I have Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. I'm already down Tyreek Hill. I'm down A.J. Green. I just potentially lost James Conner. That's the first move I'm going to try and make is sell one of those two guys to see if I can get something else. If you have Brady in one of those guys, you have to have a capable starter, clearly. It's not like you're just going to turn, if you're the Winston and Lamar Jackson owner, you're not going to feel comfortable trading Lamar Jackson. So it, ha it depends on who else you have on your team. Um, and also if you feel comfortable making a, you know, kind of a two for one, getting a running back receiver and maybe somebody else's quarterback for Lamar Jackson. And, and I'll extend it to Dak Prescott. Also, those two guys are off to just fantastic starts. So it's not just giving up on them to give up on them, but if you can get something of significant value in return, then it's worth your while. All right, Jamie, I'll throw the second question out to you. If you were drafting again today, 
knowing that we were taking Patrick Mahomes, let's say in the third round, maybe late in the third round, certainly after the top 30 picks, if you were drafting again today, when would you take Patrick Mahomes? Second round. I mean, still in that range. You know, I, I, I expect him to be great. You know, this isn't a surprise. He's a monster. You know, yeah, but I, I'm surprised he's been this good. I mean, I know he's great, but holy cow. He's thrown for over 300 yards in the first half, two straight games. In fact, exactly 313 yards in the first half each of the first two weeks. Uh, I mean, I'm just sort of blown away by how good he's been. I, I didn't think he'd back it up, and I still don't. I don't think he's getting to 50 touchdowns, Jamie, but I don't know, man. I feel foolish for fading Mahomes. Well, I, I think, you know, the, the impressive part of it is back-to-back road games, you know, that he's done this. And, you know, the fact they did it last week against Jacksonville, you know, if if this Jaguars defense is legit, they look much better this week than they did a week ago. Um, I mean, look, he's going to have monster, monster performances. And, and he's... He, Today's game was impressive because no Tyree kill. You know, I, I know he did it for the majority of week one also, but, you know, going into this game with making Demarcus Robinson and, and Miko Hardman look like superstars, you know, that's the level of not just him, but also Andy Reid and getting Travis Kelsey back to the level that we were expecting. He's a, he's a star. He's, he's uh, you know, building off of his MVP season and looking like it's going to be hard to take that trophy away from him and, and fantasy managers who invested in him first round pick, second round pick. If he fell to the third round, I don't think that was necessarily the case in most of our user leagues. So you're reaping the rewards. I, I had a, a league where I got off to such a hot start because of the Patriots DST and watched that lead quickly evaporate because of Patrick Mahomes going for 404. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'll go just a step further. It's like, I don't remember seeing a quarterback do exactly what he's doing right now. Like he is just dropping back in the pocket, acting like he might dump it off and winging it 50 yards downfield to Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman. Like these are just <laughs> random dudes. He's just yeah. winging fifty-yard bombs to right on the money. It's remarkable. But it's it's also it's just Andy Reid's play calling. It's it, you know yes. he's he's putting these guys in position where you don't know where they're gonna be. And so with Mahomes' mastery of you know looking away, and it's not the no look passes. It's you know just doing what natural quarterbacks do of you know looking off the defender and throwing to the open guy. But they're so wide open. It's just amazing how wide open these guys are. It happened last week with Sammy Watkins just running free on several plays. It happened today with Robinson and Hardman. They're, you know, the, the addition of speed that they've added to this roster, um, you know, and, and we may see it next week with Thompson if, in fact, we, you don't have uh, Damian Williams. Not that he's slow by any stretch, but Thompson, I think, is on a different level. So you get Hardman, you know, back on the field or, or involved in the offense, and, you know, we'll see what happens once Tyreek Hill comes back. The one flaw, I think, in this is if you're the Tyreek Hill owner, this buys them a week, you know, because now they can say, okay, make sure that shoulder is a hundred percent. We don't need you back to rush things back because we have guys that can fill your role. All right. So we're going to take a quick early look at the waiver wire. Then we'll talk winners and losers guys. We're going to talk about on today's show. Carlos Hyde got 20 carries. Mark Andrews had over a hundred yards and a touchdown again. Dante Pettis didn't do anything. Didi Westbrook had one catch. Uh, Terry McLaurin had another good game. He found the end zone. All of the 49ers, except for Dante Pettis, basically, did well. Debo Samuel had a great game. Uh, we'll certainly talk about the Patriots wide receivers. I think the George, the George Kittle owners would uh, disagree with all the 49ers did <laughs> yeah. something. Okay, fair enough. I was really looking at the running backs, but yeah, Mostert, Wilson, and Breida all did well. Um, it's just so much, so much to get to. But uh, I also got a note from Dave, who's not on the show, but he just told me that Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are injured. So they came out of that game banged up. So uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about on Monday's uh, special episode with Dr. Chow. If you're writing your waiver wire column, Jamie, uh, who are a few names that we're going to be talking about on Tuesday? Well, I mean, obviously the Chiefs receivers, you know, seeing them perform like this, just, just getting a piece of this Mahomes offense is, is going to be uh, something you want to gravitate toward. Uh, Raheem Which one? Mostert, you know. who, who's who's oh, Robinson over Robinson over Hardman. Okay. Robinson over Hardman. You know, I mean, not that you're going to be upset with either one, but, you know, Robinson certainly had the bigger splash plays and he's the veteran guy. So I would just lean slightly toward him. But, you know, next week we come back and, and it's Hardman having the, the better performance against Baltimore. Um, yeah, Mostert is uh, is a clear cut guy. Uh, a lot of people dropped Jalen Samuel, so he'll probably fall below the threshold of what we typically talk about. You got to pick him up. Clearly, I don't care who the quarterback is. If he's going to be the starter for Pittsburgh, he'll be at least a starter on your fantasy roster. I don't know if anybody's going to look at the quarterbacks uh, outside of two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues with um, Bridgewater and Rudolph, but you know, you may be stuck. And so some 16 team leagues, you may have to look at one of those two guys. I would lean probably still toward Bridgewater 
Um, I, I can't really give you a definitive answer why, but, uh, you know, the, that's something I think you got to look at is, um, you, you know, those two quarterbacks and, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens the rest of the, the slate. I will say also, like if you, if you're in a 12 team league and you loft breeze or Roethlisberger and we find out you're going to be missing them next week, Jacoby Brissett is the name you should go get. We talked about him last week as a guy to stash. He gets the Falcons at home next week. He gets the Raiders at home the week after that. He goes to Kansas City to play the Chiefs after that. Jacoby Brissett can be a great fill-in for either of those guys in a 12-team league. Cool, yeah, and he's he's done well. Let's give this guy some credit. Uh, so let's do winners and losers. Before we do that, though, I I must admit, I am here. I am on the show. I had said on the Saturday mailbag and on the radio show Saturday night that I didn't think I was going to be hosting the show because I was pretty sure I was going to win a million dollars on FanDuel. Uh, well, there were about 120,000 people who did better than I did, but there were like 350,000 people in the tournament, so you know it wasn't that bad. I played the same lineup in a 50-50, and I, and I cashed, so I got some of that money back. You know what? It's really fun. Heath, how was your... You, did a, you had a nice DFS week. Yeah, it was another back-to-back good weeks. I think we had a 50% profit margin uh, this week. It was right around 75%, nice. so uh, hopefully we can keep rolling in week three. Yeah, and here's how it works. Like you just you you find the players you like, you make a lineup, you're gonna have a great lineup on FanDuel. It's gonna be really fun. For me, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams, Josh Jacobs, the stack just wasn't good enough. I mean, Carr was obviously bad. The other three were fine, but they didn't go off, and that's what I needed. But that's okay. I, I love playing it. And like I said, I cashed on a fifty fifty, so you make some of your money back there with a solid lineup. You pick a new team every week. You, yeah, it's just it's more flexible. You don't have to worry about injuries. You're the Drew Brees owner. You don't care. You go on FanDuel. You don't have to play Drew Brees, obviously. You play whichever quarterback you want. And right now, if you haven't played on FanDuel, you sign up, you go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, and you get $20 insight credit for new users. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. So you get a $20 total bonus. You make your first deposit of 20 bucks and get started, you'll get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. Okay, winners and losers. Uh, I will read Dave's, but first, Heath, why don't we go to you? Who are your two winners? Uh, Carlos Hyde and DK Metcalf. I'll give you some credit on DK Metcalf. Made a couple phenomenal plays. I mean, the touchdown was obviously very good. That was not the most impressive catch that he made. I thought a, a hook he ran going away from the ball caught a low pass from Russell Wilson. Just looked more like a receiver than I've seen him look so far. Very impressed with Metcalf. And then Carlos Hyde, I was actually a little bit down on him after that performance in week one because I thought, you know, if he's going to share carries close to 50-50 with Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson's going to be more efficient. Duke Johnson's going to get the catches. I don't really want any Carlos Hyde. There was nothing close to a 50-50 split in the running game in this game. 20 carries for Carlos Hyde, and he looked pretty good for a second consecutive week. I'm relatively, I don't know if I'd want to use the word excited, but content with him as a number two running back in non-PPR. I mean, do you pretty much feel like he is now what he was in Cleveland? I pretty much feel like he is now Lamar Miller. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, but but Duke Johnson exists. So even though Miller wasn't involved in the passing game, like I don't know if Carlos Hyde's going to even get to 20 catches this year. Alfred Blue had like 170 touches last year. Um, right. That's that's true. All right. Well, and you know what? Duke Johnson had zero catches today. What a disappointing day for Duke Johnson against the Jaguars. Jamie Heath, who would you rather have rest of season in all the formats? Give me all, all formats: Duke or Hyde. I'll still say Duke. Yeah, I agree. In, even in non-PPR? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, look, it's impressive what Hyde's done the first two weeks. And Metcalf, uh, six, 61 yards, three catches, one touchdown on seven targets. And that was after four catches for 89 yards in week one. And Marquise Brown had another big game. Do you guys think Metcalf and Brown are going to be reliable rookie receivers? Reliable yeah, receivers. Yeah, and I think, I, I think McLaurin also. you got to put him in the same category. You know, you're talking about teams that are – you know, not necessarily in terms of the Seahawks not having a, a, a legit guy, but the other two teams for sure. You know, I mean, you, you can you can talk about Mark Andrews clearly, and, and I think the tight ends are still viable for the Redskins offense, but look at the number one receivers. You know, I mean, McLaren could be the number one receiver. I think he is the number one receiver for Washington, and Marquise Brown clearly the number one receiver for, for Baltimore, and Metcalf is on an offense that, 
you know, we'll see once they get everybody healthy, but I, I can't imagine that he's not going to have a significant role. So yeah, I think all three of those guys are, are potential starters. Jamie, when yeah, right Jordan, now I wait, oh sorry, uh, go ahead. Heath. I'd, I'd probably go Brown, McLaurin, Metcalf, but I'm more interested in all three than I was coming into this week. When uh, when Jordan Reed gets healthy in Week 12, do you think that's going to hurt Terry McLe- McLovin? Can I call him McLovin? Can we just call him McLovin? Yeah, I don't know no. when we're going to see Jordan Reed. Yeah, no, I hope. I, look, they, he was trending in the right direction. It's very possible he plays in Week Three, and I'll drop Greg Olson for him again. It'll be wonderful. Jamie, Mark Andrews was one of your winners. Josh Allen was the other. Let's start with Andrews. Eight catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. That's two straight games with eight catches and right around 110 yards and a touchdown. That's one hell of a start for Andrews. Are you buying the breakout? A hundred percent, absolutely. You know, I mean, this is. Uh, uh, I got to give credit to our colleague Jason Lockenfora on fantasy football today. Um, on Sunday morning, he said, don't be surprised if with teams starting to now try and take away Andrews in their two tight end packages, as uh, we, we got some reporting this week at, uh, this weekend that we're going to see, you know, this Ravens offense continue to evolve. Don't be surprised if Hayden Hurst finds the end zone. And sure enough, he did. Um, I like to get ahead of uh, um, my rankings on, on Sunday a little bit in the evening for a uh, few positions, quarterback, tight end being one of them. And it's hard for me right now to not rank Mark Andrews ahead of George Kittle. That's where Ooh. I think he's at right now. Now, I think Kittle's better. You're not going to bench George Kittle for Mark Andrews, but it's two straight weeks of him as a go-to guy in this offense in a game where they're probably going to be throwing quite a bit next week against the Chiefs. I like the setup for Mark Andrews a lot. Uh, you're, oh, you're saying Andrews ahead of Kittle next week or rest of season? Next week. Okay, okay. Sorry. I was like... That, damn, that was one spicy take. Heath, are you buying the Mark Andrews breakout? I I don't have any reason not to. I'm not quite ready. Now, who knows? Maybe I'll put my rankings together overnight tonight, and I'll come out with the same answer. But I'm not quite ready to say Andrews over Kittle in a given week. But it's been very impressive, not just what he's done with the targets, because he was remarkably efficient last year when Lamar Jackson threw him the ball. But his target share has grown extremely this year and as, as long as that continues to be over 20 25 percent that's elite for a tight end he's clearly elite on an efficiency basis it's like oj howard if he got targets all right so the other winner is josh allen he's 61 percent owned he was started in 18 percent of leagues allen scored 24 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues 22 and four point uh, he was a good start this week against the Giants. And I'm telling you, like, if Jameis Winston can't get it done next week against the Giants, oh, my goodness. But Allen's going to get the Bengals next week, Jamie. Are we talking about a one-week guy or someone you think you can uh, rely on rest of season? Because the, the three weeks after that are the Patriots, the Titans, and a bye. So what do you think about Josh Allen? I don't think he's going to be a 25-plus point, point fantasy scorer consistently. But I think he will live week in, week out, 18 to 24 points. So he's going to be one of those guys that will help your roster. He will enhance a good roster. He will be a serviceable quarterback. If he stays healthy, I think he'll be in the conversation for a top 12 guy. Uh, I like the fact that they're still running him enough. You know, it's back-to-back weeks of touchdowns, but that's 17 rushing attempts. However you want to, you know, I didn't watch the whole game, you know, from start to finish watching all of his snaps, you know, so if it's, Seven design runs or seven runs, you know, just with the pocket breaking down. But 17 attempts over two weeks, finding the end zone twice. You know, we have a a receiving core that's developing. And the two guys that they added, you know, Cole Beasley and John Brown contributing now for two weeks in a row. So I like the setup for him. You know, it's a a strong defense that's going to give him opportunities to make plays. In some cases, some short fields. He's taken advantage of a good second half after the Jets defense fell apart last week. A good matchup this week against the Giants. I think a good matchup next week is Jimmy Garoppolo showed us um, in, in this matchup today against the Bengals. So I think Josh Allen has a chance to be a great replacement if you're going to be down Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, and you might be able to trade for him cheap if somebody did pick him up off waivers. All right, Dave's winners were Matt Breida and Demarcus Robinson. Robinson with six catches, 172 yards, and two touchdowns at Oakland. Uh, that's the Chiefs wide receiver who will be a hot topic on the waiver wire show. Brita only had 13 touches. It was a blowout win, but he had 12 carries for 121 yards. He had one catch for 11 yards. And Mostert, Jeff Wilson, they were all involved. They all had good games. So I love Dave. I wish Dave were on the show to talk about why Brita's a winner. But Heath, what did you make of the backfield splits 
for the Niners? These are the type of situations I really, really dread. And um, I'm probably going to rank all of these guys lower than what the consensus is. I I would not call Brita a winner. Like, it was a good game, and he performed very well, just like he almost always has whenever he's been given touches. But the fact that Jeff Wilson took the majority of the red zone touches and Raheem Mostert took the majority of the pass-catching touches, that is not a recipe for fantasy success for Matt Breida. Um, I, he's a fine flex, I suppose, but I, I don't imagine I'll have him in my top 25 running backs this week. Okay. And, you know, I, I'm sure some of the Jeff Wilson stuff was the score late in the game, but but not all of it. And, like, I'm just looking at the game it log happened now. Early like, in the game. Yeah, it did. Some of it did. It, it, and Mostert was certainly involved right at, right out of the gate. I think he was in there on the second possession. But um, they're always going to be a team that uses yeah. two running back, though. I mean, I two. I could deal with know, two, the, Jamie, but this was three. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's more the 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 Wilson stuff. You know, it's it's the same thing like last week with Malcolm Brown. You know, how often is he going to be a multiple touchdown guy? How often is he going to be the one there in the fourth quarter? You know, getting those opportunities. So I think if you take those 10 carries and probably split them up over Brita and Mostert in a competitive game, you know, maybe Wilson gets two or three. So I, I think, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Dave, but the fact that it's the first game without Tevin Coleman and you're seeing the explosiveness from Matt Brita, that's encouraging. You know, if you did start him because a lot of people were stuck, especially if you handcuffed those two guys. So, yes, I, I mean, I think it's it's almost you, you could say both sides of this are, are, are correct. Yeah. Each side of it is that it's frustrating that you see, you know, um, 25 touches between three guys split up. And then Dave's point, you know, just that he came out of this with a strong stat line, given the fact that it's his first opportunity without Coleman, just makes you wonder, why did they sign Tevin Coleman? Yeah, uh, they're pretty good at running back. And, and this is all without Jarek McKinnon. Um, by the way, you, you mentioned Malcolm Brown. Let's just talk about the Rams really quickly here. Do you guys think Todd Gurley was a clear winner today? Because I, I will just bring it up at the end of the game when Jared Goff had his one-yard touchdown run after Cooper Cup's was like 66-yard catch, whatever it was, was called down at the half-yard line. Goff snuck it in. Todd Gurley was on the bike on the sideline, and Malcolm Brown was in the game. Brown only had six carries. Gurley had 16 for 63 and a touchdown. Uh, are you satisfied with Todd Gurley right now? I think if you were to say 19 touches, most people will sign up for that. Sure. All right. Yeah, so you I, feel I, good about it? I don't feel great. But I think, you know, the week one, 100 total yard performance, and then week two, 19 total touches, and he does find the end zone. You know, I, 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 it's just a matter of, you know, I, I think we're, we're nitpicking this maybe a little bit too much. If, if you drafted him, you're clearly starting him. I don't, yep. I don't, I don't know many scenarios of people... Um, having that great of roster depth for their fantasy teams to be benching Todd Gurley. But, I mean, you know, I, I'm not trying to dodge your question. I, I just think it's, you know, it, it's not the best performance. It's not Todd Gurley of of what he was before all this became a problem. But, you know, it, if if you go into any week saying star running back, I'll, I'll take the super off of it, star running back on explosive offense, 19 touches, I'll take that. Okay. I, I think the tweet that I read before the show, Todd Gur from Graham Barfield, NFL.com, Todd Gurley played 63% of the Rams snaps in this game, his second lowest single-game snap rate during the regular season since 2017. Everything Jamie said I agree with. You're not sitting Todd Gurley. You've got a starting running back on your team. I don't feel quite as comfortable with the buy low on Todd Gurley take that I had last week. Um, I just kind of feel like maybe he's a number two running back. One other thing Jamie said is that the Rams have an explosive offense, and I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about that, to be honest, Jamie. let's Dave's losers. We go to the losers here. He has Dante Pettis. Can I, we just get this out of the way. What the hell happened to Dante Pettis? He, didn't, he threw a pass. He didn't get a target. I mean, is he done? Are we done with Dante Pettis? Yeah, yep. we were done last week, or at least I was. You know, I I think the the report that we got before the game of that Debo Samuel snaps were going to be reduced and Dante Pettis was going to get more. Debo Samuel was the best receiver for the 49ers today. Right. Yeah. All right. So that was frustrating. Um, but Goff is Dave's other loser, and he ended up with 21 fantasy points. Not that bad, but it just like it just wasn't easy. And 
it's just not there. Like it's just not explosive right now, and it hasn't been for almost half a season if you include the playoffs. So I don't know. How concerned are you guys? Heath, I'll throw it to you about Jared Goff. I'm not particularly concerned. I expect he's going to be a top 12 quarterback for the rest of the season. It might be a low-end top 12 quarterback. The upside doesn't seem quite as good, but it's been two games, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not that worried. Okay. And uh, Jamie, your losers, I think we covered this, the Saints and the Steelers. Mind if we go yep. right to Heath's losers? Okay. Heath, your losers, D.D. Westbrook, 26% started but 92% owned. One catch for three yards on five targets. He had a fairly long catch called back on a somewhat questionable pass interference call. Uh, and then Devin Singletary, who we'll get to in a second, even though he did score, but he came out of the game with an injury. Uh, but yeah, Didi, all right, what do you think? Like how, how He's 92% owned. How owned do you think he should be after waivers run Tuesday night? I'm not ready to drop D.D. Westbrook, so I'm not going to go that far yet. But what I saw from Gardner Minshew, and we were kind of guessing going into this week, I'm not so certain that he can't be like kind of exciting. He's not the kind of exciting that I would expect to excel with a D.D. Westbrook-type wide receiver. He's not dropping back three steps and hitting a precision slant. He is running around, finding someone deep, or scrambling. And so I'm a little bit concerned. We'll see if maybe they change the offense a little bit. They change the type of routes D.D. Westbrook's running. I still think, I mean, he got five targets in this game. He actually had six because that long pass was called back. I still think he has the chance to be the best Jacksonville wide receiver, but I'm far less confident, and I wanted to give you a chance to do a victory lap. (laughs) I mean, to be honest with you, Minshew did a lot better than I thought he would in his first road start. I just have pretty low expectations. I think the good thing about Minshew is that Heath, your Hall- you have your Halloween costume. You are Gardner Minshew getting off the airplane. No, yesterday. He, he's he's close, but Will Brinson hasn't beat. Okay, yeah, that, that that's yeah. a doppelganger. If there's ever ever there ever was one. <laughs> but if you if you watch the telethon, Heath had the chest hair going and the sunglasses on. He's got this like kind of long hair. It's pretty close. Um, but but yeah. it's like Will's face. It's like the same face. Is it? I guess yeah, I got to take another look. Yeah, it is. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Okay, great. I, mean, um, I need to shave the beard and go for that. Like, if, if he had thrown for 300 yards today, I would have worn the low-cut shirt and shaved the beard off and gone mustache <laughs> only for the podcast tonight. It, 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 um, you know, just looking at the Jaguars receivers, it's hard to justify keeping D.D. Westbrook over the other two guys. That's what I was going to ask. Sample size. Yeah. You know, so uh, I, I think, you know, I'm with Heath. I'm not ready to just outright cut D.D. Westbrook. But if you're talking about I can have – Either of the two Chiefs guys right now, there's no way you can justify keeping D.D. Westbrook over Demarcus Robinson or Miko Hardman as long as Tyreek Hill is out. If push came to shove, would you drop D.D. Westbrook for D.J. Chark? If I feel like I need guaranteed points, yeah. I would not, but I understand why someone might. We we heard all offseason that, you know, D.J. Remember, Westbrook was battling some sort of undisclosed injury and just wasn't practicing. And Chark and Conley were making plays. And that was obviously with Nick Foles, but they seem to like those two guys. And so I, I think it's just one of those things, you know, Bortles was a, you know, played safe until the fourth quarter and, and, and just run around and then, you know, do whatever he had to do when he was playing well, which was rare. And maybe Minshew is just that type of guy. Like he said, he's just not going to sort of stick to the script. And, and I think that's going to benefit guys like Conley and Chark maybe a little bit more. Heath, why was, why was uh, Devin Singletary a loser for you? And this wasn't even about the injury. I was just shocked with the number of touches Frank Gore received in this game. And yes, Singletary scored an early touchdown. But I'm just here to say, if the plan is that Devin Singletary is going to receive five to ten touches per game, he is not someone that's going to produce like he has. You're not going to be able to count on him scoring a touchdown on one of those five to ten touches. He's not going to average 15 yards per carry like he did in week one. He needs Frank Gore to disappear. And this feels like a reoccurring bad dream, a no, nightmare. It's going to happen. We just had with Kenyon Drake uh-uh. in 2018. Devin Singletary <laughs> is Kenyon Drake, except he's not even getting as many touches as Kenyon Drake did. It's going to happen, Heath. you got to have faith. He's so much better than Frank Gore. Frank Gore had 19 carries for 68 we yards. We said this all year last year. And a touchdown. I know, but this is a better. This has to be a better coaching staff. I'm sorry. Like they, I, I, They're 2-0. They're, oh, they're going to turn it over to him. I, I they're 2-0. The oh, it's working. The one thing that you're, you're looking for is is like what we saw last week when they're chasing points. Because I think that's where you'll see the best of Devin Singletary, where he's 
on the field more than Frank Gore in those scenarios. When they're playing with a lead, it just makes more sense to lean on the veteran guy no, to sort it, of kill the clock. It doesn't. It makes more sense to go to a better player. I think the difference yes, between, I mean, the, you know, the difference from, between from what, Singletary and Drake, sorry, is just that Singletary is a rookie. And sometimes it does take a while. David Montgomery got the work today. That was great. But it does take a little while sometimes for, for these coaches to come around on the rookie. So that's why I'm not as concerned as I was last year with Kenyon Drake. But I'm sorry to cut you off, Jamie. I just wanted to get that point, and that's why I think the difference is between sure. the two situations. And, and 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 again, you know, maybe he would have gotten a few more carries late in the game. It seemed like the uh, the yeah. coaches wanted to get Frank Gore into the end zone. We had on CBS Sports HQ Trent Green, uh, our, our one of our analysts that calls the game. He was calling this game, and he said that the team was so excited. This is Frank Gore's first touchdown since 2017, first rushing touchdown since 2017. He didn't run for a score at all last year for Miami. I believe he caught one. But the team was just like celebrating him getting into the end zone here. So, you know, I, I think he's going to have a role. Clearly, he's he's going to probably end up leading them in touches by the end of the season, barring an injury. But I think you'll see Singletary start to take on more work. So I understand his point. But I think the, the flip side of that, again, is the the, the production. You know, you're, you're happy that he found the end zone, still averaged over nine yards a carry. And so the explosiveness is there. And I think the, the role in the passing game will continue to grow. Whew, Giants are bad. Giants Dolphins week 15, everybody. Get excited for that. Okay, those are your losers. Oh, uh, I, I I think you're you're overlooking Jets Dolphins in week nine. Oh, the Jets Don't would we have crush a Redskins the Dolphins Giants. game coming up? Uh, we have a Redskins Giants game coming up. We will see which team is bad enough to get excited about that team playing the Dolphins for the number one. I pick can't wait for uh, for next Monday night's game to watch Mitchell Trubisky and, and Case Keenum. And, <laughs> and I think Washington may have the better quarterback. Woo, Mitchell Trubisky did not even get 100 passing yards. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about the worryometer, the waverometer, um, and some more. But let me tell you about SeatGeek. Plenty of good seats available for the, the uh, Bears-Redskins game. Actually, I don't know if that's true. But if you want to go, you go on SeatGeek. Because you don't have to go to all these other websites. You just go to SeatGeek. They got millions of tickets in one place, and you'll get great deals. You type in a game. By the way, you use the promo code FFT. You get 10 bucks off your first purchase. But you type in a game, a concert, musician, whatever you want to see, comedy, theater, and the results come up. And you look at the seating map, and there's all these dots everywhere. And there's these big green dots, and that says great, great value. I've used SeatGeek so many times uh, to go to the Yankees games, Hurricanes games, whatever. Giants, yeah, the Giants games. Uh, but SeatGeek is how I get there. I've recommended it to friends. I'm recommending it to you. I swear this is the best app, the best prices. So go to SeatGeek.com or download the app and use the promo code FFT. If you're using it for the first time, you get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. By the way, every purchase fully guaranteed. Download the app and use the code FFT on SeatGeek for 10 bucks off your first purchase. Promo code is FFT. All right, let's fly, uh, fly through this here. The waverometer, zero to ten. How much do you want to add these guys? Terry McLaurin. Eight. Nine. DJ Chark. Six. Four. Raheem Mostert. Six. Five. <laughs> Jeff Wilson. <laughs> zero. Two. Jason Witten, another touchdown. And the Dolphins. Zero. The Dolphins. Okay, fine. Zero. zero. All right. How about the worryometer? How worried are you about the following players? Josh Gordon. Two catches for 19 yards on five targets. Uh, five. I think we'll maybe be able to answer this question better a little later in the week. Um... If Antonio Brown is on the team moving forward, I'll say seven. Well, clarify that. He'll be on the team. Active. If he's active, seven. I, and honestly, I, I probably I should have brought that up earlier, and I apologize. I didn't talk about Antonio Brown be, because the story's not over yet. I mean, it was very encouraging if you're a Brown owner. It was discouraging if you're a Gordon owner. I, I'm guessing we're more, we're more worried about Gordon than Edelman. They both had dud games. It's just amazing that they did what they did against Miami. I mean, Heath, you, you nailed it. You, you thought that it would be this type of game where, you know, you get some defensive scores. I think you, you said some defensive scores, but uh, where, where Brady doesn't have to do very much and that can limit the receivers as a whole. And that was exactly the case. Like, I don't know if anybody can, can say Brown was a great performance today. You know, I mean, he found the end zone, but it wasn't like he was dominant and the other guys were awful. You know, Sony Michelle's a winner, but I think that's about the only one. Uh, for the Patriots defense, we expected them to, to kind of do this, not maybe not the touchdowns, but to just limit this offense. Yeah, and I, and I like 
the way they treated Antonio Brown today, if if they're going to treat him like that the rest of the season, I think it's bad news for both Edelman and Josh Gordon. I also think Antonio Brown looked like he's just on another level. I, I mean, he's still he's a great receiver. Yeah, I mean I know the touchdown that was obvious. offensive pass interference, <laughs> and he leaped he leaped a little bit too high over that wall and crushed that lady in the front row. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was not a very graceful leap. But he he looked really fast out there, so I don't, I don't know how much he's lost. But oh, okay, like Edelman was started in ninety six percent of leagues, Gordon in seventy nine percent, Antonio Brown in seventy two percent, and their next game is uh, who do they have? I'm sorry, the Jets. Oh, they so, go from the freshman team to the JV team next week. <laughs> Maybe they'll work their way up to varsity eventually. Jets at at Buffalo in week four, and then at Washington, and then the Giants, and then the Jets. Are you kidding me? Um, so. We'll see what happens with Antonio Brown. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is exactly what I feared when they made the trade. As a guy who loves Josh Gordon this year, I don't love him that much anymore. There's going to be weeks where it's a Gordon week. There's yeah, going to be weeks where it's an Edelman week. There's going to be weeks with a Brown week, though. So. Uh, on Johnson, 0-10. to 10, and I know he had a good game, but the 36-yard touchdown catch is not something you can really rely on. So it was 14 touches for on Johnson, 12 carries, and just are you concerned, 0-10. to 10. Four. Yeah, in that range. Three, four. Uh, Joe Mixon, 11 carries for 17 yards after six catches for six carries for 10 yards. Five catches through two games, but he did get stuffed at the goal line, so he almost scored, but it's ugly right now for Mixon. Zero to 10. Buy low. Three. All right, buy low. Is that that's your guy? That's your buy I mean, low he, right he, now. He he had he had a injured ankle in week one, and he's fighting through an injured ankle right now. When he's healthy, he's going to put up numbers. Okay, uh, Mitchell Trubisky zero to ten on the world. One hundred. Stop <laughs> it. You don't need to talk about it. Just move on. We've got a lot of things. We got a lot of games to get to. Let's not waste time on okay. a hundred. Who was okay. the Who was the better quarterback on the field today? Probably Flacco. Uh, Not probably. Drew Locke. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. I I, I don't know why Trubisky's re- regressed like this. It's it's he's just, no he's so much worse than he was last year. It's amazing. Yeah, he's not. And it's like if you're a, if you're a Bears fan, they drafted him over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun <laughs> Watson. It's just it's the most yeah. mind numbing thing, and they traded up to do it. Oh man. Okay, so uh, I had something called the optimal lineup and the floptimal lineup which I thought was really clever, but I'm just going to skip it. Yeah, I'm going to skip it. So let's go to the top five at each position real quick here, and then we'll get into the games. Top five quarterbacks, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott might have been the top two last week. They were certainly up there. So it's Mahomes, Jackson, Jackson Dak. Jackson and Dak Prescott were the top two last week. Okay. Russell Wilson, uh, four, and Tom Brady, five. Let's make it a little more interesting and talk about number six, Jimmy Garoppolo. 297 yards, three touchdowns, 27 fantasy points on only 25 pass attempts. And weird. I will tell you what, what? Really, really weird that like we have a section called the top five, but Garoppolo was six. So that's the one you want to talk about. Well, I was going to say like it wasn't nearly as good as the numbers. Like Marquise Goodwin's no. touchdown was was ridiculous. Blown coverage. He was wide open. Raheem Mostert's screen pass that he took for a touchdown. Like, Garoppolo, it's I'm not saying he played poorly because I didn't watch that much of the game, but the numbers are deceiving here. I want to know how you guys feel about Garoppolo QB six this week going into Sunday night. I think it's encouraging, clearly, you know, for a guy that is two games removed from a return after an ACL tear. And, you know, we saw preseason first game for him, improvement preseason second game for him. Same thing week one to week two. And who knows what would have happened in week one if the defense didn't get the two pick sixes and turn Jameis Winston over as much as they did. So back-to-back road games for him to do this against the Bengals defense that looked much better in week one than it did in week two. You know, the thing is, I think we have yet to see clearly the best of George Kittle, who did have two touchdowns called back in week one as well on top of that. So it, it's it's him just making steps in the right direction. We actually had Pierre Garçon uh, join us on set today on CBS Sports HQ, played with Garoppolo briefly in uh, in 2018. And, you know, he said that you're just going to see him, you know, pick things up slowly as he continues to get himself back to 100%. So, you know, I think for uh, for for people that were counting on him to bounce back and play at a high level, this is a step in the right direction. It's 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 flawed, but the numbers are great. All right, running backs, Heath, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, baby, 
Only started in 53% of CBS Sports Leagues. He has a big game. Raheem Mostert is three. Saquon Barkley, four. And Ezekiel Elliott, five. Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Raheem Mostert, Barkley, and Zeke. What do you think, Heath? Well, number six was Austin Eckler, so we should probably spend. <laughs> Let's just talk about Austin Eckler. We're talking about the number sixes now. No, um, Dalvin Cook was awesome. Uh, long touchdown run, 75 yards in this game that was reminiscent of the one that he had in the preseason that got everyone so excited about him. He looks truly transcendent, and if he stays healthy, he may just prove Pete Briscoe right this year. I will say, what about me again? Like Alexander was, Madison, yeah, had a couple of very good runs in this game. He's still under 60% owned. This team looks like a very good running team. Madison looks like a good running back. If you're going to own any handcuffs, Madison's one of the ones you need to be owning. But I uh, know it was an awesome game from Cook and and also a very encouraging performance from Andrew Jones from Andrew Jones. Aaron mm-hmm. Jones. Uh, yeah, no, that catch he made. Aaron <laughs> yeah. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He went right over the uh, the first row at Lambeau and, and took that catch back. Yeah, that was nice to see from Aaron Jones. And only four carries for Madison. So I know Heath was talking about him as a handcuff, but that's just great news for Cook that they're willing to ride him to 20 carries. Wide receiver. And by the way, I was the original Dalvin Cook guy, okay? Forget that Prisco guy. Wide receiver, your top uh, five. Demarcus Robinson, Chris Godwin. And then a three-way tie uh, for third place between Kenny Galladay, John Ross, and Emmanuel Sanders. Jamie, do you buy John Ross as a must-own? Do you buy Emmanuel Sanders as a must-start? Uh, I do. Um, I, I think, you know, John Ross has value and as long as A.J. Green is out, and we'll see what happens moving forward. You know, this uh, this new system, uh, which is Zach Taylor coming from the Rams, which featured three receivers, you know, we'll find out if, if Ross will continue to have this big play ability. But it was a long touchdown that saved him today, but that's the type of player that he's going to be. Sanders, I did not expect him to play well against the Bears. This was impressive. Um, this is clearly the go-to guy with 11 uh, catches. I forget how many targets he had, but, um, you know, also getting the two-point conversion. Uh, you know, look, but it's it's just amazing. You know, coming back from an Achilles tear in December and playing the way he has the first two weeks of the season, it's it's clearly remarkable. You know, I, I don't think he's going to get the comeback player of the year that typically goes to you know, a little bit more high-profile guys, but he'd get my vote. You know, I, it's just uh, it's just fantastic to see what he's doing. That, that oh, touchdown yeah. catch he had was outstanding. And I, I do think the interesting question is, like, what's the over-under now on number of Chiefs receivers that Fender finished number one overall at the position this year? Because we're two weeks in, and we've had two Chiefs receivers do it. <laughs> and neither of them are Tyreek Hill, which is also fun. Yeah. So, yeah, Sammy Watkins... <laughs> What happened, Sammy Watkins? That was disappointing. Um, all right, so let's go to the uh, the top tight ends this week. And I had TJ Hawkinson on the floppable lineup team, by the way. So we'll have to talk about Hawkinson. What a dud. dud. Yeah, I was... Ugh. Yeah, yeah, a tight end for you. Um, well, it's not coming up. So let me see if I can guess the top. Oh, I got it. Oh, Will Disley. Mark Andrews and Will Disley are one and two. Travis Kelsey is actually ahead of Disley in PPR, but behind him in non-PPR. Vance McDonald caught two touchdown passes, and Greg Olson's number five. Andrews, Disley, Kelsey, McDonald, Olson. Jamie, I think you uh, you like Disley, right? A little bit? I liked him at the start of the season. I liked him going into week one. He got hurt. Uh, it's funny because uh, the 20, was it 23 teams, Heath? Our office league? Is it 23 teams? Yes, 22 teams. Uh, 22 teams. I, I drafted him, and then I had to drop him, and somebody else picked him up, and I'm upset about that because it's a point and a half per catch for tight ends, so um, not happy about that. But I do have him in the Scott Fishbowl League, so I think there's uh, there's a lot to like. Again, it goes back to DK Metcalf. You know, this is an offense that needs playmakers, and this was a, a big playmaker for Russell Wilson in the early part of the 2018 season before he suffered the knee injury, and I think he could end up being that third guy, you know, with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf being the top two. All right, to the games. Let's do this. Let's see if we can do this in about 15 minutes here. Detroit 13 and the Chargers 10. Heath, I tasked you with coming up with a believe it or not for each game. Did you do it? TJ Hawkinson's week one performance was a fluke. <laughs> I don't believe that to be true. That, it's believe it or not. There you go. Not. Yeah, not. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, it sure looked like it in this game. Like he wasn't like, 
you had to look for him to find him on the field. I expected him to jump out. There were several situations. There was even a time when we were sitting in the green room before I left that Dave said, this is TJ Hawkinson time right here. And we never even saw him like look like he was on Matthew Stafford's mind. Um, I'm not ready to say it was a total fluke. But this was a good reminder that it's also not a foregone conclusion that he's going to be a top 12 tight end. Okay, fair enough. Uh, also in this game, uh, Jamie Justin Jackson had a touchdown call back. Do you still think he's worth owning uh, as anything other than like, hey, what if Eckler gets hurt kind of situation? Well, Eckler had a big fumble in this game too, and you know, which was uh, I believe it came after he had scored a touchdown that was called back due to penalty. Um, so we'll see if you know that opens the door for Justin Jackson. But he's run very well the first two weeks; just hasn't had a lot of opportunities to carry the ball. So I'm, I'm still going to stick with Justin Jackson. He's right on that. I was looking at this uh, for the Jalen Samuels when we were talking about the ownership percentage. He's at 65% as well. So if you need somebody in a pinch, you know, he's not a bad guy just to see what happens. All right, Green Bay 21 and Minnesota 16. Heath, believe it or not. You can't trust the Vikings passing game. Jamie? I don't believe it. So not. Heath, yeah. do you believe that? <laughs> I don't believe that I can trust what's going to happen with it on a week-to-week basis. I mean, this was a game where they were behind almost the entire game, and Kirk Cousins still just threw 32 passes. This is the type of game script where most of the quarterbacks in the NFL end up with 35, 40, 45 pass attempts. Stephon Diggs, very nice touchdown catch, but that was essentially the only thing he did. He should have had Thielen's two, though. Numbers. He should have had What's two. That? He had one called back. He should have had a second touchdown. It was a stupid call. And those would have been two catches for him as well? Yep, yep. They Also, just so you so know, they had the ball. That was a little fluky. They, <laughs> they had the ball for just 26 minutes in this game. Like, I'm I, a little I, bit concerned yeah. about those two receivers both being reliable on a week-to-week basis. I could, I could see that, sure. All right, we love what we saw from Aaron Jones, and and you know, are we pretty much to the point where like, look, Aaron Rodgers gets Denver this week, but he got through maybe his two toughest matchups until week fifteen, sixteen. Is he going to be a stud going forward, Jamie? Aaron Rodgers. I hope so. You know, I, and and I say that just from the standpoint of the word stud. You know, I I think you have to, if you drafted Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, I don't think you could play Rodgers over Lamar Jackson right now. And probably the same thing if you drafted Dak Prescott with him, just given how those two guys have looked for two weeks. But, you know, this is uh, like I made the mistake of starting Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers in one league because I thought the comeback scenario was going to happen for Carr. Um, You know, so I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a 14 and 18 point guy consistently. You know, I think we're going to start to see some big games coming. And and like you said, Adam, the uh, the worst is over for Rodgers. So uh, I'll I'll be very comfortable starting him against Denver next week. Houston 13, Jacksonville 12. Um, hmm. What do you think about Gardner Will Fuller? Minshew is oh, sorry, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about your thing. Um, I, Jamie, do you, what, do you believe that or not? Uh, I, I didn't hear what I'm supposed to believe. Gardner Minshew is ruining the Jaguars' fantasy options. Uh, I don't believe it because you're getting two guys that are good. Can I can I amend it? Gardner Minshew is ruining the Leonard Fournette fantasy outlook. And Didi. Well, forget Didi. Didi's terrible. Didi is the worst player in football we've already established. But no, I'm just kidding. I just I want to talk about Fournette because we haven't talked about him yet. Um, he does have uh, eight catches in two games, but 15 carries, 47 yards, hasn't scored yet. Uh, Jamie is is Leonard Fournette worrisome to you? Not yet, but getting there. Heath, is Will Fuller droppable? I really don't want to drop Will Fuller. This is about as matchups as bad as matchups get for Fuller. You're talking about an offense that's probably not going to score a lot of points, a defense that has good corners and can get pressure on Deshaun Watson. The problem for Fuller right now is Watson can't get enough time for Fuller to get behind the defense. And you've got Kenny Stills and now Kiki Cutie there as well. 
I would like to keep Fuller on my bench, but I couldn't consider starting him. Seattle 28 and Pittsburgh 26. Heath, believe it or not. The preseason concern about Russell Wilson was overblown. Jamie? Uh, not. Not. I agree, Jamie. (laughs) He looks great. Well, wait. See, what you do is that's like almost a double negative, Heath. You've made a a confusing, believe it or not. You should, like, we were concerned about Russell Wilson being a top 12 quarterback, and that was overblown. There was no reason to be. He threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. He's going to be fine. Oh, but. I mean, if you're getting 35 pass attempts, I mean, week one was 20. So so. you have to. So the answer was believe it, not not. No, I don't believe it at all. You don't think that it was overblown? No, I don't think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback this year. The the reason for my Heath side was Calvin really just dropped the wide open touchdown. Oh, Oh. okay. Okay, I actually kind of need that for a fantasy uh, outcome, so that's good. But uh, I shouldn't say dropped. Matt Ryan just barely overthrew. Jamie, is Russell Wilson going to be top 12? He is for next week. Heath, is Russell Wilson going to be top 12? You're not benching Russell Wilson. For the rest of the season, no. And I will bench Russell Wilson regularly. <laughs> for Mitchell Trubisky. San Francisco 41. Cincinnati 17. He, no, you're, you're not going to do that. <laughs> the 49ers defense is actually good. They shut down Jameis Winston. They made Andy Dalton look ridiculous. They are a good defense. Jamie, you just go. I, I don't have to cue you up. Just go. Oh, I, I I believe it that they're good. I don't believe it that they're this good, but I believe that they're good. I'm not sure yet. It's too early. It's too early. It's uh, two games. I mean, against... you're the one that last week said all the talent that they've been investing on yeah, this defense. In and... the front seven. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about the second. Like, all I've done with the things I've submitted to the show, Adam, is try to agree with things you've said in the past. And now you're agreeing with, you're disagreeing with me because I'm the one saying them. Is that what it was? It was an Azer theme, believe it or not? Yes. Um, well, I can tell you, I don't believe the Bengals' defense is any good. God, they were terrible. Yeah, uh, that was a bad call by me. Uh, here's, a, here's a believe it or not for you. George Kittle is one of the best by lows in fantasy. Believe it. Yeah, I like that. But stop stealing my, my thing. <laughs> Three targets, though. That's frustrating. Yeah. Got a bit away. All right. Indianapolis 19, Tennessee 17, Heath. Believe it or not. Derrick Henry is a top 10 running back. Ah, good one. JV. Uh, I don't believe it, but it's not far off in non-PPR leagues. Whew. You know, I think that the Tennessee defense is going to be the key to Derrick Henry. Again, he doesn't catch passes. His yards per carry is nothing special, but he scored. He needs to score. I still get nervous about those guys, those types of guys. Uh, so I'll, I'll do it again. Believe it or not, <laughs> Derrick Henry is one of the best sell-high guys in fantasy football. Uh, believe it, I, along with Carson Wentz, who's vomiting all over himself. No more Sunday night Man. talk. You can't. You need to remember when I dropped him? that rule. I'll do it. I'll do what I want. <laughs> you dropped him for a Nudwa. Um. All right. So, are you buying that, or are you believing that Heath that Derrick Henry is a the one of the best sell highs? I do not believe that, Adam. I do believe that you should sell high on Derrick Henry, but he's off to a very good start. And you're right. We understood that Titans defense for most of last year when it just didn't look like they were actually as good as they kept producing. I never um, said that. I still don't really believe it. What do you mean that I'm right? Like I, all I said was that they were going to determine Derrick Henry's value. I don't know how good they are. They had an incredibly you easy said, schedule last year. What did I say? I, do you realize I just said you were right and you turned it into an argument? I know. I'm not going to let you misquote me and say I'm right about something that I don't want to be right about because I might be wrong what, about what that. Game's next. <laughs> New England 43, Miami nothing. Never start any Dolphins ever. I believe it. Believe it. Woo. Well, Kenyon Drake had five catches. That was good. Was really nice. They're trying to trade him. He won't be on the Dolphins by the next game. Uh, okay, believe it or not, Kenyon Drake would be better off on another. What are you team. doing? <laughs> I mean, is that something that you just actually said? 
You want him to get traded, right? Well, he might not be a lead running back somewhere. He, uh, He's not I a lead think, running I, back I, now. Would you rather... <laughs> There, there is, there is reason to believe, to stick with the theme, that you should play Jeff Wilson as the fourth running back in San Francisco over Kenyon Drake. Dallas thirty-one, I, Washington twenty-one. I, I, well, I want to go, go back real quick. They threw five passes to Kalen Balage in this game. That turned into six yards as well as a gift-wrapped pick six that he handed to a linebacker. They handed it off to Kalen Balazs four times for another six yards. Did you see him duck on one of the throws that went to him? He is awful. He a ball... the worst team in NFL history. I don't care. <laughs> a ball was thrown right like by his helmet, and instead of going to catch it, he ducked out of the way. It was unbelievable. Okay, Dallas 31, Washington 21, Heath. Dak Prescott is a top eight quarterback rest of season. I don't believe it because that's too low. Woo. But he looks but, so good. The offense yeah. looks so good. Michael Gallup has taken the next step. Amari Cooper is a number one wide receiver. Zeke's one of the best patch catching running backs in the NFL. And when none of them are open, you can dump it off to Jason Witten for a three or four yard gain. I'm all in on Dak. Yeah, and he ran the ball well, too. But... He has had and will continue next week to have as easy of a start as you could ask for. The Giants, the Redskins, and then the Dolphins. So, well, no. Much are... Let's wait, wait. Like Lamar Jackson is starting with the Dolphins, the Cardinals, and the Chiefs. That is as easy as a start as you could ask for. I think the Giants are the worst. No, the Dolphins are probably well, the, the worst. Then the Dolphins? But he's getting the oh, Dak's getting the Dolphins. Did you really just assume, uh, uh, say that there's a team worse than the Dolphins? No, but I'm saying in terms of the the uncommon opponents that D- Dak and Lamar Jackson are facing, like the Giants are the second worst behind the Dolphins. Anyway, Buffalo 28, Giants 14. You're making my head hurt. <laughs> Devin Singletary can be fantasy relevant with single-digit touches. I don't believe it, but I also don't believe he's going to continue to get single-digit touches. Uh yeah, I, I I it's like Austin Eckler. Remember I was saying sell high on Austin Eckler last year? Same thing. So you should but, sell high on Singletary. No, you shouldn't because he's gonna be, eventually he's gonna get fifteen carries a game. Fif- yeah. Who would you rather have moving forward, Heath? Single touch Devin Singletary or single touch Tariq Cohen? Devin single touch. That is fantastic. <laughs> um I'll take I'll take I'll take Eckler and PP. Or Cohen in PPR and uh, single touch and non. Team, team name Tuesday. Uh, Cal- Cal- Calvin Ridley made up stop. for his, uh, stop. his job. Stop. Stop. Arizona at Baltimore. Are all Baltimore. the Eagles now injured? Or what? I think all hey, of the hey, Eagle- hey. Eagles have got No, there. it is rule number one. It, the, the Sunday Night Football is Fight Club when it comes to this podcast. You do not talk about Sunday Night Football on this episode. Well, then stop stealing my Believe It or Nots. I didn't steal anything. Arizona at Baltimore. I don't even have a final score here. Baltimore won. Mark Andrews is a top five tight end rest of the season. Believe it. Larry Fitzgerald is a top 20 wide receiver rest of the season. Believe it. Believe it. No way. He's ah, also maybe. a top five receiver maybe. of all time. <laughs> He is, but he's he's not. Uh, he's what's the guy's name that I love? Uh, the, Megatron, Calvin Johnson. If, <laughs> I gotta I gotta end this show. Get weird. If Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger are out for the season, who would you rather have rest of the way? Larry Fitzgerald, Juju Smith-Schuster, or Michael Thomas? Ooh, Fitzgerald. Let me tell you something very encouraging here for Fitzgerald and for Christian Kirk. Both of them went over a hundred yards. Arizona had the ball for 22 minutes and 22 seconds. 22-22 of time of possession. And Kyler Murray threw 40 passes. Like, that's amazing. Well, part of the that was uh, David with. Johnson missing basic quarter. Yeah. Still, I mean, they're going to throw, they're going to run so many plays because they're not going to get dominated in possession. Like, the, the, the Ravens are possession and, machines. Yeah, so he's not going to wrap really, it up. We really only got. Bad? Yeah. So it's it's going to be garbage time second half of almost every game. Chicago 16, Denver 14. Royce Freeman is better than Philip Lindsay. Mm. He sure looked it today. 
I don't believe uh, it, but I I do I do have some Lindsay concerns for sure. I mean, this was like, uh, this was pass on Lindsay, draft Freeman, and you're basically getting the same production for two rounds later if you have to start these guys or, or four like, rounds later. Yeah, Royce Freeman was better for 18 years of his life, and Philip Lindsay was better last year. And Royce Freeman seems like he's better again. I, I reject the notion that he was better for 18 years of his life. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe there were a few years when they were in elementary school that Lindsay was better. Los Angeles Rams 27, New Orleans 9. I just want to go back to the Cohen versus Singletary thing. I, I, I don't understand why you, you would take essentially maybe the third running back on a team versus the, maybe the best running back on a team. Like your infatuation with the Bears just puzzles me. I don't know why Devin Singletary would be considered the best running back on the team. Frank Gore had twice as many touches as him today. Oh, I'm I, not saying he's the best in terms of the workload. I'm saying he's the best in terms of the eyeball test. And I think Tariq Cohen's the best in terms of the eyeball test, in terms of fantasy. Oh, I production. don't know if most people would agree with you on that one. Cohen's definitely not the third guy, though. Like, he's going to be ahead of Mike Davis. He's the second guy, but. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> but I like he's the not way really he's <laughs> I, I would take I would take Singletary because I don't think Tariq Cohen has a chance to get the workload that Singletary has a chance to get uh, without injuries. Well, so. I mean, you made the point last week, Adam, that Tariq Cohen in non PPR leagues is droppable. I think so, absolutely. And today proved that. But nobody believes me. Believe it or not. <laughs> All right, uh, Rams Saints Heath, our last game. Um, Alvin Kamara is the only must start saint as long as Drew Brees is out. Now do something, uh, do something ballsier. How about Jared? Uh, Jared Cook is droppable. Believe would it. Would you not. stop it? <laughs> um, I don't believe what he said because Michael Thomas still gave you a great PPR day, and I do believe what you said, Adam. That there are going to be some leagues where you know you you may have picked up a second tight end with Jared Cook or or Greg Olson sitting on waivers and. It might be easy to get rid of Jericho. Okay. Oh yeah, you can. That, that, that's not like a bold statement. Jared Cook should not be owned. I guess it wasn't that gutsy uh, after all. Do you want to win a million dollars, guys? Of course you do. Who doesn't? Now's your chance. Play parlay pick'em with CBS Sports. It's very simple. You download the CBS Sports app, or you go to cbsports.com/parlay. And submit your parlay card. Once you're done, you're immediately in contention for big-time cash prizes, including the chance at $1 million if you hit the perfect parlay. This, it wasn't Fandle. The parlay pick'em is my ticket out of here with a $1 million. What are you waiting for? Download the CBS Sports app or go to cbssportstalk.com slash parlay, P-A-R-L-A-Y, and take your shot on a million bucks. And also, watch Fantasy Football Today on HQ, noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. If you miss it on HQ... On your OTT devices, you can watch it when you get home from work on your Roku, on your Apple TV, or your other smart TV. You can see the clips from the noon show, and it is pretty awesome. Thanks a lot to Jamie and to Heath, and we will talk to you on Monday. Hey, wait, wait. Carson Wentz is about to go by. Uh, Exactly. With Dr. Chow, with Will Brinson and Chris Towers on Monday. It's probably Monday when you're hearing this now. Uh, So then after that, it'll be Tuesday for the Waiver Wire. Adios, everybody. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.